I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. his friends over again. 
And one day, he heard in the other room his son say to his friend, do you see my mom's hands? They show how much she loves me. On Good Friday, we see God's hands. And we see how much God loves us. God loves us. God comes into this story, hands open, and in God's hands is deliverance. Deliverance from the prisons that others have placed us in, all the things that have happened to us, and deliverance from the prisons we've placed ourselves in, all the things we do to ourselves. This first kind of deliverance we know as, as, as liberation. The second kind, forgiveness. The first kind sets us free from, from oppression, sets our world free from oppression and death. This, the second time, the second kind sets, sets us free from our own sin and our own stupidity. And this tension between these two things, these two forms of deliverance we find in God's hands, this tension has existed since the very beginning of this story. Since the very beginning of the Old Testament, on the one hand, it seems like all of Israel's problems lie outside of themselves. If they could only, only find God's liberation. The definitive story in the Old Testament is the story of the Exodus. This is the story of how Israel found itself in Egypt in a condition of slavery with a hard-hearted Pharaoh impervious to the appeals of Moses to let them go. This is a story of a people who had something done to them, who had, had done nothing to deserve their oppression, like slaves snatched from West Africa and bundled up on, on ships to North America. This was a people who had no part in their own enslavement. No law of nature or, or personal inadequacy had caused this. It was simply the hard-heartedness of their fellow human beings in the world. And God intervenes. God's hands are full of deliverance for Israel to set the people free. To show this special love for God's people who had been oppressed. On one hand, it seems like everything about Israel is something happening to them. And then on the other hand, it seems like Israel's major problems lie all in themselves. The definitive story is the story of the Exodus, but the definitive location is the temple. The Jerusalem temple, the temple that housed the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat where all the priests when to offer their sacrifices. In God's hands is this deliverance, this forgiveness. But they turn to other gods by neglecting the poor among them, by failing to keep the commandments. The people, the people don't see their forgiveness standing right in front of them. And they came to understand that they had gone into exile and lost the Ark of the Covenant, and precisely because they had strayed, and they had done this stuff to themselves, their own stupidity, their own, their own sin, and they built a new temple, and they did it all over again, and this same tension 
the same tension between what is done to us and what we have done to ourselves runs through this story. It runs into our story in society today. It runs into the story of the church today. Global hunger, poverty, it feels like something outside of us. It feels like something done to us, done to others. It feels like it's due to a shortage of food. Disease seems like it's about a shortage of medication and, and cures and, and, and terrorism. It, it, it's, is that there seems to be no way in which reason can persuade it to stop. It seems to just be happening to us. On the other hand, it seems like there are all kinds of things. Climate change, growing dependence on, on drugs, growing racial tension in, in our country, and this, gosh, growing divide as we look ahead to another divisive campaign. And God in God's hands offers all, all the forgiveness we could have for all that we do to ourselves. And we know this because at the crucifixion, Jesus, Jesus overcomes both the things done to us and all the things we've done to ourselves. Jesus overcomes the things done to us. We see this in, in, in Rome. Rome was this, had this habit of, of parading those they defeated in battle through the streets in this triumphant march. Rome is the one who puts Jesus to death. Rome is the one who executes Jesus. Rome is the one who puts the inscription over his head that says, King of the Jews. It's been done to him. It's been done to us. It was Rome. What we have done to ourselves, though, is also represented in this story. It's clear. We get these, these people in the temple used to living in this edifice built for sacrifice, but no one can see in this story that the sacrifice that really matters is taking place right before their eyes. This is what they've done to themselves. And the chief priests ironically summarize the whole gospel with their words, he saved others. Can he not save himself? But they're still obsessed with this idea of a Messiah not going to suffer. Obsessed with this idea of Messiah will pull off this stunt and avoid death altogether. And yet Jesus' crucifixion transforms both what has been done to us and what has what we have done to ourselves transforms Rome and Jerusalem, transforms our oppression, what happens all throughout our world we cannot control, and transforms the prisons that we put ourselves in. Did you hear it in the story today? It says when it was noon, 
darkness came over the land until three in the afternoon. The Israelites would have heard this differently. They would have known what this is about. They would have heard an echo of another story all the way back in Exodus in their slavery. It read, Moses stretched out his hand towards the heavens and there was dense darkness over the land of Egypt for three days. We know Jesus transforms Rome because the God of Israel had once put Pharaoh under his feet, had once put Pharaoh in his place, and so the God of Israel will put in its place all those things done to us. And Jesus' death transforms our personal Jerusalems. Did you hear that? Jesus, it says, gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The temple system, the priests that are clueless, the ordering of Israel, the perpetual exile, all the sin and stupidity, and over and over again cycles of Israel are suddenly over when Jesus becomes the new temple, the only genuine place we can encounter God. In God's hands are these, these two kinds of deliverance, this liberation and this forgiveness for you and for all, all the world, all the world. In God's hands is all the deliverance you need for those things that you feel are done to you, you don't deserve, you never imagined it, and all those things you keep doing to yourself, the, the same cycles you get yourself wrapped in over and over again, the God who blots out the sun while his son hangs on a cross can swat away all of Rome, and the God who tears the curtain of the temple and two, while his son hangs on a cross, sees his son's death as the sacrifice that ends all of your striving to get your stupidity and sin under control. And then there's this big finish. This God in God's hands, we see in God's hands all the liberation, all the forgiveness, all the deliverance, But it doesn't end here. Weirdly, miraculously, this story doesn't end with liberation or with forgiveness. The last thing in this story is not the darkness at noon. It's not the tearing of, of this curtain. It's the words of the centurion. Truly this man must be God's son. There's not this, not only this new liberation, this new forgiveness for you and for all the world, but there's this beginning of a new community. And the chief priests thought they ran the community. But they have had 
who'd been exposed at the cross and condemned by their own words. And the disciples thought they were going to be this new community, but they're found nowhere near the cross. Instead, we have another community building. We have this hint of this community when, when Simon carries Jesus' cross. We have this hint of this community when we meet the centurion at the cross. And we get to see this community in its fullness when we meet those faithful women who sit outside the tomb waiting. These are the ingredients from which God will make all things new. These are the ingredients God holds in God's hand for our deliverance, for our liberation, for our forgiveness. On Good Friday, we see in God's hands all that you need, all that is enough. On Good Friday, we see in God's hands the hands that formed us, that stretched out in agony, the hands that despite that agony, though the agony was unbearable, delivered us from all our oppression and sin. These hands that make a new community, we see these hands, and we see how much God loves us. table